George Ferrucci joining me now to uh, take a look at the wonderful night of Greyhound Racing stand down tomorrow night. G'day, George. G'day, uh, Cosy. How are you? Well, just pumped and excited, but I can tell you, George, I reckon I know who else will be getting a bit a bit toey at the moment, and that's Jack Strutton. He joins us now. G'day, Jack. How are we? Good, well, good. How are you? Yeah, no, good. <laughs> Jack, uh, congratulations, mate, on, on getting Stagger out Lee uh, through. Um, when people looked at the form guide, they seen Springvale, and they thought, oh, geez, it must be trained locally, but of course it's Springvale in New South Wales. Tell us a little bit about the town, mate, and um, I'm sure there'll be some excited people back home. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Springvale is just a suburb of Wagga, uh, sort of on the outskirts. And, yeah, no, it's been good. Been getting plenty of well wishes and heaps of media obligations, so it's been good. Jack, uh, box one in the final. Um, had to overcome a, a wide draw and, and really power to the line in the heat. Where do you expect her to sit in running? There's a little bit of speed in two, three, and four. Um, how do you see the race panning out? It's hard to say. I think um, I think the two probably hold the key of the race. I'm hoping um, it gets out well and we can get in behind it. Uh, it likes to get a bit wide on the bends, and yeah, hopefully she'll get a crack at it late. Now, Jack, your background in greyhound racing is fascinating because are you still at university, still studying? Yeah, still studying um, University of Wollongong. I'm just uh, doing it online at the moment. Tell us what you're studying because this will probably surprise a few people. Uh, so I started with a Bachelor of Economics and Finance and I just finished my third year of law, so I'm doing a double degree, Economics and Finance and Law. Holy smokes, what will that enable you to do when you're finished, apart from earn a lot of money? <laughs> uh, pretty much anything, really. Um, sort of started with the intention of um, commercial law, but, yeah, I'll just see how it goes. How did you get involved in training greyhounds? I know it's, it's in your family, isn't it? Yeah, ever since about the age of 12, I sort of just reared pups and raced them, um, yeah, I've been doing it for nearly 12 years now. I uh, sort of just always had a few pups out here going through and racing a few at a time, but, you know, nef- nothing really city class or anything with Lee's ability. Where did Stagger Out Lee appear from? Uh, so Dad sort of names all his dogs Stagger Out. He's got this um, shirt at home, strutting Stagger Out, that he <laughs> likes to wear the pub or used to anyway. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm tipping if he's going to the pub wearing it, it's probably got a bit tight around the girth, Jack. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't fit him no more. Don't worry about that. <laughs> It'll roll up like a bra on him, probably. <laughs> so I'm tipping that might get a run if you win on Saturday night. Oh, yeah, maybe. I'll uh, <laughs> maybe have to force him to wear it out afterwards if she gets the win. I think you better bring it out and have it there tucked away in the back pocket somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Now, Stagger Out Lee, the best dog you've trained? Uh, without a doubt, yeah. She's definitely got the most ability out of any dog I've trained. She broke, uh, broke, yes, sorry? Yeah, I've only really had a couple of dogs going at a time, so we're not a massive operation. We've only got about six or seven in work at the moment. Mm. Uh, yeah, kennel sort of just full of dogs that are retired and a couple of broodies, and then just got ten pups out of here, Aaron. When she broke the Wagga track record, the 760 metre, was that when the penny dropped that you thought, hang on a minute, we might have something pretty special? Um, not really. I didn't really know how to assess that run. I was like, 
because you know they haven't really. I don't think they've run one there in about twelve years. So I wasn't really sure, you know, how to assess the the time and that on it. But I think the first time I really thought that she'd be up to group level was she ran a third in the New South Wales distance race behind uh, Super Australia and Zip in Kansas. She um, sort of worked real hard on the outside around Kansas along the way, and from there I sort of thought, you know, like she'd definitely be in a group race along the line somewhere, just whether or not she'd win one. George, it's a terrific effort to get there into the final. Oh, look, it is. And, and look, coming in with a lot of form um, as well. Uh, three wins really impressively, um, giving dogs starts and beatings. And look, there is a lot of speed in the race. We'll touch on it a little bit later. But I mean, two, three and four have got some speed. And like Jack alluded to, if Stagger Out Lee can get the sit behind them, all of a sudden the race opens up for, for greyhounds like Stagger Out Lee and Corborn Magic. So um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it goes. And it's a terrific story. And uh, I'm sure Springvale in New South Wales will be pumping you know, if Stagger Atlee can get the job done. Well, we wish you all the best. Jack, who's been the greatest influence for you so far? Well, I've had a few. Um, Michael Finn and Wagga, the uh, owner and breeder of Tigalong Dogs. I um, spent about a year working for the Grenfell, Samantha and Corey. Um, they've yeah, been massive influences on me. And, and yeah, uh, I think our muscle man, David Jones and Chilton, He's probably the most knowledgeable person I know with greyhounds, and I'm always picking his mind every chance I get to go down there. So between them three, they've probably been the most influential to me and my father. Well, Jack, we wish you all the best tomorrow night. It'll be an absolute massive effort and a huge thrill for you. And I reckon someone, Dad, will stagger out if you get the chockies tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> Good on you, Jack. Jack Strutt with Stagger Out Lee and the Baltries final. Lovely story. And, uh, gee whiz, he's a very, very intelligent young man, isn't he, George? Yeah, yeah, look, he is. And i tell you what, when he was interviewed after the race, he was really, you know, like people can react any way they want after winning a heat of a group one, but he was really relaxed. And I just think he, even in that interview, he just comes across as, mm. you know, taking life as it comes. And it's probably an important uh, way to act when you're going into a group one race. You certainly don't want to be nervous yourself. Um, sometimes the dogs could probably pick up on that, but... Um, Look, she her run was really good last week, forty one seventy eight. So the time was there. Um, now it's just a matter of where she sits against greyhounds. Who, in fairness, there's probably about three or four that can run around the forty one fifty. So she's going to have to improve just a touch as well. But she's certainly a chance uh, to run in the top three. All right, on that race, what do you think the result will be on the bowl trace? Yeah, look, it's really hard to go past Maureen Susie um, because of the way she ran forty one thirty three. So she went a hell of a lot faster than than anyone else did. Um, she's racing in terrific form. Um, of course, she took out the top gun at the Meadows. The only thing I can see that might be an issue is the box draw because she does like to sort of carve towards the fence. But uh, she jumped really well last week. She went 6.14 and a similar uh, first split um, here, Cozzy, mm. means that she'll get into a good enough position. Even if she lobs, you know, third, fourth or fifth, we all know her, the best part of her race is, is the last 150 metres. So she's going to be hard to hold out. I really hope Untapped does well for you know the the amount of owners that she has, and she's aiming to become the second dog in history to win the Sandown Cup Bold Trees Double, which would be an incredible feat. Um, she's going to show the speed now. Quarter and Lakeview Patsy drawn next to her are also speedy types. There's nothing between them to the first mark really. So um, look, Untapped's going to be off and gone. So uh, obviously, Corborn Magic, the, the New South Wales Greyhound, who ran down Untapped last start, was absolutely fantastic and um, with clear running. 
he's going to be a danger as well. It's a good race, but we're, we're going to stick with Moraine Susie on top. All right. Um, now, the Melbourne Cup, the final there, absolutely fantastic race. Oh, look, it is. And it's been a huge build-up again, as it should be for, for a race, race with this much prestige. And Look, the box draw has played a big part here, um, obviously, with plaintiff drawing where he wants to be. Fernando Mick will show some speed, as will Paddy wants past there. The three greyhounds I expect to see in the front line as those lids open, and it just depends on where they all sit. And then you've got some backmarkers. When I say backmarkers, they're certainly not electric early, but they're not going to be six lengths behind. But dogs like Vice Grip, Yachi Male, Zippy Tesla, um, El Dorado's got certainly got some X Factor. He, he was the fastest of the heat winners as well. So we'll know a lot after the first 100 metres. If plaintiff can hold the fence and lead around that first corner then it'll be his, um, his Melbourne Cup to win. Um, there's, there's going to be some greyhounds that can run as quick as he does around the 29.30 mark, even a touch quicker, 29.20. But when you're out in front, it's hard to get run down. And Look, uh, as I said, it depends how close Vice Grip mm. and Yachi Bale are. But, uh, yeah, look, plaintiff's going to be very hard to beat. Now, we spoke with Jack, another young gentleman who's got a, a huge chance in this race, Titan Blazer, is Daniel Gibbons. George, he joins us now. G'day, Daniel. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself? Good. Now, uh, do you get a bit toey before this race, or are you pretty calm and you know, happy about it all? Uh, no, I'm pretty relaxed. Just taking the week as a normal week, really. Daniel, congratulations on getting him into the Melbourne Cup. Of course, he made an Australian Cup final. There was a period there where he had a little bit of time off, I think between June, June, July. Tell us a little bit about the injury, and, and do you think you've got him as well as you've had him uh, post-injury? Um, so there was actually, there was no injury. He had, we couldn't figure out what was actually wrong with him. He's just, he wasn't okay. his normal self. He was real lethargic and he just wasn't pulling up right after runs. So we, um, had his blood done and tried to get everything right and just gave him a spell away from the track. Um, but yeah, since he's come back, he's definitely his normal happy self. You see him behind the boxes wagging his tail. Um, yeah, he's as good as he's ever been, I reckon. Uh, he's he's sorry uh, sorry because uh, if I jump in, but he's he's runs more recently, um, including that run at Bendigo, uh, where he ran twenty three seventy in that match race, and since then, I mean, even when he ran third behind Kelsey Bale, of course, he's also in your kennel. You must have been really happy with the with his first split that day, five ten, because that shows he's got the speed, and obviously there's a bit of speed drawn underneath you in this Melbourne Cup. Uh, yeah, I think you need the early speed in the the big races like this just to get you out of the trouble because they're all really good dogs. Um, his first two splits in that race that you just mentioned were by far his best. If he can pull that out on Saturday, I think he'll be right up there. But um, I think he's... I don't think he can win, but I, I think he should be close to the winner when they finish. Now, Daniel, you mentioned you got his blood done. When it came back, what did it show? Was there a deficiency somewhere? Uh, yeah, so he... First off, he had an infection that we couldn't really get under control. We tried a few different antibiotics. Um, then we went to a different vet, and his red blood cell count was low. It was just kind of all over the shop, and we just there was nothing we really changed. So we weren't really sure where it come from or what happened. But um, he started losing his hair as well, Gee. and so it was, a few vets said it could be stress, it could be this, it could be that, and we kind of just went back to the drawing board and took him off the vitamins that we use and literally just went back to scratch and started again with him. Did you alter his feed or anything like that? Uh, we did. We took a lot of protein out of his feed, which I think in the end was kind of... It's, it's strange, though, because he's always had the same food, so I'm not sure why it kind of just come on like that. I think it was a, a mixture of 
his bloods weren't right, and he he just lost interest in racing. To be honest with you, is my biggest theory. Is he settled? Is he a relaxed dog now? No, definitely not. He's a very stressy dog at home and in the kennel. On race day, when he knows it's race day, because he won't get ran in the morning, he'll spend the whole day just kind of sooking at his gate, ready to get out, just wants to go. Um, but through that period, he stopped doing that. He'd, he'd just be happy just sitting in his bed. So we knew that there was something mm. wrong with him. Well, I tell you what, your pedigree's pretty handy. Your granddad went all right at the, the Greyhounds, Graham Bate. Yeah, he went all right. He had a few decent dogs. Yeah, I reckon. So, Titan Blazer, this would be a massive kick for your career, Daniel, if you can get the money in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, yeah, it would be massive. Um, it would mean a lot for the owner as well. He's had a pretty rough year as well. And, yeah, it just it would change out, not just mine and Beck's life, but, yeah, his, his as well. It would be huge. And, George, I reckon if Daniel gets the chockies, he might even bring out a, maybe a wrestling hold on you just to uh, you know, put a performance up there on the dais tomorrow night. Oh, just bring it on for racing.com would be fantastic. <laughs> and, now, look, I, it was great to see the emotion from the family um, last week as well because these races mean so much. Yeah. The prize money is at such a level, um, Cosy, now that if you can win a race like this, I mean, you know, you can put a deposit on a farm or, you know, all sorts of different stuff. I mean, it's life-changing and... I just, I'm just wrapped to see the dog in because, as I said, he, as a younger dog, he made the Australian Cup final. He looked very, very good. And uh, as Daniel alluded to, we, we didn't see him for a little while. But his last couple of starts have just shown where he, he's, um, he's nearly back to his best. And, look, he held off Amron Boy in the, in the final stages, but it was a really gutsy win. And, um, you know, you never know. If he, I know Daniel said he, he doesn't think he can win, but if he can just get clear running on that first corner... Anything can happen in races like this. Yeah, well, Daniel, we wish you all the best. Good luck tomorrow night. It'll be absolutely sensational if Titan Blazer salutes for you. No worries, fellas. Thanks, Abe. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Daniel Gibbons there. And uh, interesting background, too. George, he's a former professional wrestler. Well, it's funny, you know, and it happens over all three codes, I suppose, Cosy, where we see them as greyhound trainers, right? But, you know, if we didn't speak to Jack, we wouldn't know that he'd be going through a law degree and, you know, professional wrestling for, for Daniel. So a career change there, like... Oh, look, it's fantastic. There's, uh, these greyhound trainers, there's more than one string to their bow. And, um, look, yeah, look, maybe he'll just run down the, um, he'll, run, he'll run down the straight and give someone a suplex if, if he happens <laughs> yes. to win, mate. But, uh, look, as I said, it's a, it's a terrific story because the greyhound seemed down and out. He wasn't racing at his best. And, look, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. It would have been frustrating for Daniel, too, because... You know, not seeing him race at his mm. best, but he's got him back now. George Frood, you're with us. We're looking at the uh, the Melbourne Cup of Greyhounds tomorrow night. George, plaintiff off the red, can it hit the, fa- the the ground running and lead all the way and win? Yeah, historically speaking, that's exactly what he does. He's he's unbeaten from box one. Clearly, this is his hardest challenge. But the last time he had box one was at Horsham, where his early split of 6.42 was outstanding. He ran 26.87, which isn't too far off the track record. So... Look, he's, even his record from box two, he's had um, four starts for a win and three seconds, so he rarely runs a bad race here. Um, I think he'll get clear enough running. Um, it just, as I said, it just all depends on what Fernando, Mick and Paddy Wants Pats does. If Paddy Wants Pats manages to crack, uh, um, cross plaintiff, uh, he'll be very, very hard to run down. He's, his runs recently um, have been fantastic, and he's certainly peaking at the right time, so... Uh, yeah, look, just can't wait for this race. Um, it's sort of, it feels like it's been a long time coming. We've had a lot of preludes. Um, the build-up's been fantastic this week. I mean, Greyhound Racing um, has got so much great exposure, which I'm so happy about. And, and, it, and the connections I feel, and even people in the Greyhound industry as a whole, uh, are proud to be involved in this sport. 
probably weren't able to say that, um, you know, all the time um, through, throughout what's happened in the past. But um, the sport's in a really good place um, with all sorts of things, with ground adoption, uh, welfare, and, and it's great that we get to celebrate the stars of the sport and we get to do that on Saturday in, in what is one of the greatest um, cards I've seen uh, for a greyhound meeting. Now, I'll just clear up the totes here. Race 7 Hills, full 5, Palmistry, 1320, 170, 4, Johnny, 1, 190, 1, Brewery, Town, 280, and 4th Aid, Big John, Mac, Quinella, 2240, Exacta, $50, 10, Trifecta, 324.30, and the 4,069.40, running double 3 and 5, $66.30, uh, race seven there at Hillsville. Now, looking at uh, the other races, anything stand out? The first, is that a tough race tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, look, they're all pretty tough, but uh, we like race one number one. That's a uh, way to get us going. A grand called Who Tall Sh- Shorty, who I think was a, a really eye-catching second in his heat of the Melbourne Cup from a wide draw. Got a good record from inside draws. I, th- I think he'll be hard to beat. There's also a Vic Bread Maiden series in race two, where um, one of the favourites will be trained by Daryl Holmes, of course, who's got El Dorado in the Melbourne Cup, so it could be a very, very big night for him. And, look, all eyes will be on this match race too. Obviously, um, Amron Boy taking on Wowsie's fast. I've spoken to a couple of people that I really respect in the industry about what their thoughts are, and we're 50-50. Some people think Amron Boy is in too good a form to get beaten. Other people have said to me that they've got that factor that Wowsie's fast is, at her best, is the fastest greyhound in the country and can break 29 seconds, and they're tipping her. So... Cannot wait for that as well. Uh, that'll be absolutely fantastic. So look, it's a it's a fantastic night of racing. There's also a provincial pra- uh, plate final where greyhounds obviously went through country tracks to qualify here, and the prize money is twenty five thousand dollars to the winner. The prize money on the on the program, Cosy is absolutely fantastic. So really looking forward to getting out there. Of course, RSN are going to have some extensive coverage. Um, there's also on telly with racing.com. Um, everywhere you look, um, people are going to be watching mm. tomorrow night's action. That max race will be absolutely sensational because Amron Boy was stiff not to make the uh, the final of the cup. Oh, look, he, he, and he's run before that. He ran 29.15 to win a, a Melbourne Cup prelude against Shipwreck. Um, was unbelievable both times from box six. And look, connections have been crying out for, me for an inside draw. He hasn't drawn one in a very long time and he gets his opportunity off box one. But oh, I just... You know, always in the back of my mind, I just think if Wow She's Fast can be... She, she just lost her mojo early, um, and that's the problem. Her last two runs, she's run 5.22 and 5.19 to the marker. Before that, at the Meadows, she went 5.24. Yes, she was squeezed up there, so, that, you know, there were excuses there. But her last couple of runs certainly haven't been the Wow She's Fast we know. Um, early, I mean. Obviously, she still took out the shootout in 29.28, but this is going to be an absolute cracker. Can't wait for that. And both of these greyhounds will probably feature in the Phoenix as well, which comes up later in December. So um, this is a nice little appetiser. I think Amron Boy's unbeaten out of the red, isn't he? He's had four starts for four wins, yeah. just like Plaintiff. Yeah. So, look, they were earlier on in his career where, uh, with all due respect to his opposition, I mean, there was certainly no wow, she's fast and these type of greyhounds. But you could just tell if he drew a good box last week, he was going to be incredibly hard to beat. He's had to overcome two draws more recently which is, have cost him and that, that's the question mark with Amron Boy in a sense that if he's drawn off the track he's not brilliant away so he's going to have to rely on a little bit of luck and obviously he's, he's God given talent and he's very very fast this dog but uh, this will be the true test look mm. the weather is going to be very very nice Cosy so I'd expect one of these greyhounds to break 29 seconds will yeah. go very close to doing so. So I can't wait. And the fact that Wowsie Fast has got a bit of clear air around, it might help tomorrow night too. With yeah, look, 
Look, and it's an interesting thing. I, I didn't expect it to be in, to be honest, only because historically the Greenos have taken an approach where they'd like to keep her fresh. And obviously the big fish to fry will be the Phoenix. It's worth a million dollars to the winner. And to go back-to-back in that would be incredible to become the first Greyhound to win over $2 million in prize money. So, look, they've changed tack a little bit. I think they just think maybe another run's needed before we go in that race. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see. But, look, as... as uh, Selfishly, I, it's great to see her run. We'd like to see where she's fast going around every week. But um, they have certainly um, planned her runs um, historically, but she's had a couple in a row now. And it'll be interesting to see how she goes tomorrow night. George, what's your best bet tomorrow night? Is there one a standout? Yeah, I, I do like race one, number one. Um, I think uh, it'll be hard to beat who told Shorty. Later in the program, um, if Jungle Panther begins, I think he'll be very hard to beat race 11, number three. Um, for those that are going to have a play on the quaddy, of course, just make sure you check your scratchings. Uh, first leg, 3, 1, 2, and 6. Second leg, 6, 8, 7, and 3. Third leg, 1, 3, 4, and 2. And we come home with 8, 2, 5, and 3 for what should be an incredible night's racing. Next time I'll speak to you, Cozzy, we'll wrap up what would be an unbelievable night of racing uh, on Off the Leash next Tuesday. Um, and looking forward to speaking to you and Maddie then. Good on you. Thanks, George. Enjoy the night. <laughs> You too, mate. George Frugge here, looking at a wonderful night of Greyhound Racing tomorrow night at Sandown Park.